Well, hey everyone, and welcome to episode number four of our weekday series, Your Questions, God's Questions, and we are going to continue answering your questions, and uh, when we're done with those, we're going to look at some of the questions, actually, that God has for us, and if you read the Bible, you will see that God actually asks a lot of questions. Uh, some have uh, analyzed this and said that for every every question, uh, what is it? For every, every Jesus answered people's questions uh, very rarely, and for every question that they asked him, he asked a hundred. If you if you run the math, <laughs> reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, interesting. Um, so uh, we're going to continue looking at your questions. And we'll do this every weekday. And you could send them in if you want me to handle one of your questions. Uh, just send them into uh, this address that I'll put on the screen for you. And if you are listening to this, it is citypointchurch.ca slash contact. And I would be delighted to answer them. You know, I found that there's no really bad questions. And most of them are fairly common. Uh, whether a person goes to church or doesn't, most of the questions that we have about God, Christianity, the Bible, uh, are are pretty similar. And uh, I found that the, uh, the the worst question of all is the one that you are afraid to ask. So ask away. The more you ask God questions, the more you will learn about Him. He is not intimidated by your questions, and He doesn't think less of you when you ask. Um, I think you're drawn closer to God when you ask God questions. Uh, even the hard ones, uh, he can handle those. So uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Joe Friedland. I'm a pastor of City Point Church that uh, uh, meets normally at a movie theater in the city of Brossard, and we are awaiting the reopening and, of course, doing church uh, online. So uh, uh, for those of you who are new, uh, welcome. And those of you who are not so new, share this, share this. Um, we will put copies on our website, it's on Podbean, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on Facebook. Share, share, share. Uh, people are looking around for interesting content these days, and uh, we're all asking questions. So, uh, tonight we're going to handle one uh, that is uh, as difficult as the last three, and uh, what we're talking about is racism. And the question um, is something along the lines of, why would God create races when he would know that there would be systemic racism? And of course, right now, this is a very pertinent question uh, because of the protests in hundreds of cities in the United States uh, uh, dealing with uh, uh, police brutality, uh, systemic racism, and um, people are outraged, and people are protesting, and many of those protests are peaceful. Some aren't, but when they aren't, often it's looters who try and piggyback in there and commit violent acts, uh, so we have seen that as well. But uh, nonviolent protests are very effective. But as I've said on previous podcasts here, uh, voting also is important. You've got to get into legislature in order to create change. Um, so it's a combination of, of both. Um, so in any case, um, this, is a, this is a relevant question. Uh, why would God create races, I'll use that term, when uh, he knows there would be systemic racism? There's a couple of complex layers to this question. 
Um, now, when a person has been has been uh, racially profiled uh, over and over again and has been victimized by systemic racism, they wonder when they start thinking about God and putting God into the picture. Well, what like did God create? You know, what who whoever says the question, my race, uh, so that it would be uh, systematically mistreated. Like, what does that mean, you know? And so there's that layer to the question, and then there's another layer. Uh, why would God, quote-unquote, allow this uh, to happen and seemingly not do anything about it? Um, so th- this is a good question. And uh, to help with some answers here, when we look into the pages of the Bible, um we see we see that the the overall teaching of the bible is that uh god is the creator of mankind um and we see for example in acts chapter 17 this is the apostle paul he is uh, he is at the areopagus in athens this is a very non-christian audience these are the ancient philosophers of the Greco-Roman Empire, the Epicureans, the Stoics, and so on. And uh, this Greek Greco-Roman philosophy. So this is not Christian a Christian audience that he's sort of preaching to. And uh, this is what he says to them. Um, From one man, he made every nation of men. So he's speaking about Adam from the book of Genesis. And Paul would write about Adam in some of his epistles. So he is sustaining the idea of a historical Adam, an idea that is challenged more and more today. Uh, But the Bible certainly teaches a historical Adam, a historical Eve, and from one original couple, you have all of the diverse uh, uh, races, if you want to use that term, of the world. Uh, whatever shade, whatever color, whatever ethnicity, you have it all. All of the potential is there from this original couple. This is what the Bible sustains. From one man, he made every nation of earth. Why? That they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the times for them and the exact places where they should live. What? If you are a victim of systemic racism, and in some countries people are uh, are brutally treated all of their lives because of their ethnicity, because of their race, and they hear these words of Paul and read these words of Paul, what? He determined it. He, he set the time and places where they should live. Excuse me? Why? Ah, God did this so that men would seek him, and perhaps reach out for him, and find him, for he is not, uh, though he is not far from each one of us. So, what he's teaching them is the purpose is so that people would reach out to God. This is the, so the sovereignty of God, in his sovereignty, in his foreknowledge, he has determined these things uh, in terms of uh, the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. Now, he's speaking to an Epicurean and Stoic audience. The Epicureans essentially believe that there was no 
design or order. It was all kind of by chance, uh, similar to to Darwinian evolution, I suppose, in that respect. And so this is why he's saying that. He's saying, no, God is in control of these things, and God has determined things. And why has God done this? He hasn't done this so that there would be racism in a systemic fashion or anything like that. He has done this so that people would seek him. So that was God's intention. You say, well, is God foolish? Does he not know that there would be systemic racism? I mean, folks, right now it's uh, racism against uh, whatever term you want to use, African-American, African-Canadian, black, whatever term you want to use. In some ways, I'm not comfortable with any of those terms because, you know, there's all kinds of shades of people. There's all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of races, all kinds of ethnicities, all kinds of nations. Um, You know, I come from a Jewish background. I mean, you see you see attempted genocide of the Jewish people very early in history. Uh, You see the infanticide in the book of Exodus chapter three. You see the attempted ethnic cleansing and genocide in the book of Esther. I mean, uh, persecution after persecution and all of that. So, you know, my people, if I want to use that term, are no stranger to systemic racism. But there are many races and ethnicities on the earth that have been enduring racism in whatever fashion you want to use the term systemic or not for centuries and centuries and centuries. Um, so you say, well, why would God do that? Uh, or why would God allow that? I mean, why not just quote unquote one race? Uh, but there's so much variety. Well, obviously the answer is God is a God of diversity. Now I live in the nation of Canada. I love where I live because there is so much diversity here in terms of race, ethnicity. Uh, there's so much and there are many, many, it's so multicultural here. Thank God it is. And um, there are many uh, uh, cross-cultural marriages. I, I'm in a cross-cultural marriage. My wife is from Guyana in South America. Our daughter is, is, uh, is biracial. I mean, uh, we love it. And uh, so I think it's a great place to live for that reason. But there's still racism here. And even the Canadian prime minister will admit that there's systemic racism here but you can't really pick on any one race to say any one race is more um, profiled than another I mean in some particular cultures yes but if you look at the history worldwide racism is everywhere and that's because sin is everywhere but that was not God's original intent that is what has gone wrong um, because of sin. So this is what Paul is trying to teach these uh, these Athenians, is that God is sovereign, God is in control, and his intent was that people would seek him. Now, has his intent gone wrong? Well, it, something's gone wrong, that's for sure, and that, the Bible would teach, is the problem of sin. Racism is sin, and there's, there's a whole bunch of sin out there, Racism is just one of much sin. So um, um, we know that this is something that is happening and that has happened again centuries for centuries and centuries. So the question becomes, well, why is God allowing this? Why is God not doing anything about this? Uh, And that's the age-old question. If God can, why doesn't he? Or why won't he? Maybe he's not all-powerful. Maybe he's not all-good. 
Um, so what do we do about that part of the problem? And there's volumes of literature that have been written on this and volumes of sermons that have been preached on this. Um, but the simplest answer I can give you in, in our time is God will. God will. And we've been talking about uh, the second coming a little bit here over the last uh, few podcasts. And that is because the second coming of Jesus is the ultimate expression of global justice and the wrath of God against sin, period. It's global. So we've been looking at um, uh, the letters of Peter in our own church on, on Sunday mornings. You're welcome to join us at 11 on uh, on Facebook Live at City Point, uh, Quebec. But in his second letter that we have in the New Testament, Second Peter chapter 3, he talks about this, and he talks about the global flood. Yes, Peter believed in a global flood, and he says, uh, speaking of people who would scoff at the idea of the second coming, they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. Interesting. By these waters also, the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire. Wow. Being kept for what? The day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. And he says, don't forget one thing. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. He does not reckon time like we do. He's not slow, as some understand it, but he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance so god will god is waiting and the time will come where god is done waiting and the judgment upon systemic injustice systemic racism systemic sin systemic evil of all kind of all time will be dealt with in a global fashion by god at the second coming and all the pieces and parts of that, uh, which we can see in bits and pieces in the Bible. It is a, it is a, a judgment. There will be a global judgment. And God must do this if God is all-powerful and if God is good, then God is obligated to act. Now, we want him to stop systemic racism now. Well, if he does it now, he's going to do it globally around this world. Are we ready for that? Are we ready for the global judgment of God against all sin and all evil now? And that's a question that we have to ask ourselves. But that is what is coming. And God is obligated to do that if he exists and if he's all good and he's all powerful. So the answer is he will deal with uh, systemic racism all over the world. And um, it's interesting, and we'll finish with this, uh, Jesus spoke of this uh, in the 24th chapter of Matthew, for example. Uh, he is speaking about the end of the world. 
and the the time and the events in a general sense that would precede or precede uh, his coming. And um, one of the things that he says in uh, Matthew 24 and verse, verse, verse um, 7, um, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. It's interesting, the, the nation is an English word. The word that's used in the language of the New Testament is a word that sounds like ethnicity. It's the word ethnos. And it can, even in that day, it certainly implied ethnicity or race. Now here we have a prediction from the mouth of Jesus 2,000 years ago that in the time preceding his second coming, there would be, amongst many, many bad things, uh, race rising against race, nation rising against nation, ethnicity rising against ethnicity. That is systemic racism. And so, does he say that he's the cause of it? No. Does he say that it's a good thing? Of course not. But he says it will happen, and we see it happening now. Does that mean we shouldn't stand up against it? Of course we should. Does that mean we shouldn't protest? Of course we should. Does that mean we shouldn't change the law? Of course we should change the law. But this is the rampant um, uh, consequence of sin in this world, and we will continue to see this. The only thing that can ultimately stop this once and for all, um, for all time, is in fact the second coming of Christ. Now, we are here to occupy and to be salt and light and to bring change um, into this culture about this this uh, this major sin that we are we are now looking at under a microscope front and center. We should have been doing this for years. All of a sudden, now the culture is 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 dealing with this, and really, in many many places in the world now. Um, but this is not something that takes God by surprise. Uh, so I trust that is an answer uh, to this very complex and very difficult question. I hope it's been a blessing to you, and we'll pick things up again tomorrow, Friday, for episode number five of God's questions, your questions. Until then, God bless you.